This week on The Big Show, it's Thanksgiving, and we'll look at our favorite turkey classics. Plus, we'll sit down with our special guest, Miss Simone Missick, who will discuss her latest indie drama, Jen. And we'll have movie reviews and news of the latest films, including Ralph Breaks the Internet, the aforementioned Jen, and Creed 2. All on the latest episode of The Big Show, keeping it real with Film Gordon. Let's go. A very special holiday edition of Keeping It Real with Film Gordon. I am Tim Gordon, and I am very excited today because today is history. Today is an anniversary. Nine years ago, on this date, this show first first launched when it was a podcast on November the 19th on a snowy, cold night back in the day. Um, first episode of this show was a local, a local uh, filmmaker named Kevin McCarthy, who was our first guest. And it has been a long, interesting ride filled with tons of wonderful characters, one who will be coming up momentarily in Wilson Morales. But also, before we get to that, I uh, just wanted to salute that because this is actually the end of our ninth season starting next week. It'll be the beginning of our 10th year on the air. And actually, we're inside our first year here at DC Radio. So we are thankful to them for uh, giving us a home. But yeah. It's been a wild, long run on this show, and I was thinking about that on the way in today. Now, also coming up later in the show, uh, there's a, a wonderful indie movie called Jen uh, that's been on the festival circuit. Simone Missick, who many will know as Misty Knight, uh, is one of the stars of this film, and she's going to sit down with our show correspondent, Wilson Morales, later on in the show. Uh, also, as I said at the top, Thanksgiving this week, and we're going to look at some of my favorite Thanksgiving films, even though there's going to be somebody who will come on, and I'm not saying his name, the, the most selfish man in radio, who will tell you that there's no such thing as a Thanksgiving movie. Don't believe him. Listen to the host. And then, last but not least, we will have reviews of Jen, Ralph Breaks the Internet, as well as Creed 2. So all that's coming up. But without any further ado, it's time to go to New York and speak with the editor-in-chief of BlackFilm.com, who's also a show correspondent here, Wilson Morales. Welcome to the show. Hi, it's good to be on. It's a short weekend, or short week, as we may say. Thanksgiving weekend's palm. Us. So we've got a number of films coming out on theaters, as you quite really mentioned. Yes, we do. And also, uh, let's let's commend Cicely Tyson, who uh, got her honorary uh, Academy Award over the weekend, which I saw that you posted. Talk a little bit about Cicely Tyson's, uh, her contribution, man. Well, you know, Cicely Tyson's obviously at the, at the age of 90 plus and still working actively, you know, that she was honored for an honorary Oscar. I think she was, I don't know, I think she's only been nominated once. Yeah, for and that Sounder. was the 1973 Sounder. Mm -hmm. uh, but nevertheless, she's, you know, she's contributed a lot on stage, on, you know, on the screen, big and small. So when you're, you know, these honorary awards, it's like Lee got, I think, a year or two ago. Mm -hmm. You know, you're, you're recognizing, you know, these people who should have gotten an Oscar a long time ago, but now you're rewarding them. 
Uh, so it's good that she gets it now while, you know, she's still alive and, and not posthumously. Uh, you know, we have yet to get another black actress an Oscar in a lead category outside of Halle Berry. So it's nice to know that Cicely's right up there with uh, Oprah. I think she got one and Halle Berry. Okay, now here's the other big news this week, which I wanted you to touch on. Uh, the Indie Spirit nominees were announced, uh, I guess, over the weekend. And, you know, you've, you've, you've got this story posted, man. Tell the folks, man, about some of the notables that they can look for uh, that will be in the room for this show. Well, you know, the Independent Spirit Awards, you know, they're obviously going to recognize independent films that sometimes the studio is going to overlook. Um, but and among the movies that got nominated that may get Oscar nominations, uh, if Theo Street could talk landed a Best Picture, uh, a supporting actress nod for Regina King, a directing nod for Barry Jenkins, um, you know, that landed in there. Um, David Diggs landed a nomination for Best Male Lead for his role in Blind Spotting. Regina Hall got a nomination for her Best Female Lead in Support the Girls. So sometimes, you know, you get these movies that may not have been seen by a lot of people, which is why you have the Independent Spirit Awards. And sometimes they overlap into Oscar nominations, so we don't know. It's quite early how many of these nominations are going to overlap for an Oscar nominations or more. Right, right, right. Well, you know, like I said, man, I mean, I'm very excited because whenever the Independent Spirit Award nominees come out, it tells us within the next two weeks we're going to be looking at probably uh, the Gothic, the, the, is it called the Gotham Awards? Uh, that, uh, we got the Gotham Awards coming right. up, and they're early. You know, right. sometimes you don't get a chance to see everything early because they – those nominations came out early, but you know it gets the ball rolling. Right. You know, sometimes the earlier the awards, the more of a defeatist attitude is there for voters who don't get a chance to see every movie. And sometimes they'll look to see who's being nominated, who's being talked about. Right. And sometimes, you know, if the category, if you need an extra name or two in a category you kind of go with what's being talked about or who's being talked about. Yep. And then you got the New York Film Critics Circle. Um, I mean, so, and then I know our awards are announced in early December and on and on it goes. I think everybody's trying to get in before December the 8th when the Golden Globe nominations are announced this year. So this is only going to become more challenging and we've been talking about it for months on this show that as the Academy Awards have moved their calendar up two weeks in 2020, starting next year, it's going to really be interesting this time of year but yeah man I'm saying all that to say Wilson that that award season is, is really upon us and within two weeks you know all of us in this room and you as well will be casting votes in different for different guilds or different critics awards uh, leading into to, to kick off the season yeah you know it's like I think you know because you and I belong to different groups so we're almost down to the last five films left to see before we start making a decision as far as what's best in the year and so forth. But, uh, we don't, you know, we don't have to wait toward the end of the year. I guess by the time, by next week of this, at this time, I think I would have seen a majority of at least the Oscar contenders, as they may say. Um, so, you know, we can start whittling down as far as who should be talked about and who has a shot. There's no clear favorites, which is a good thing because then it's the game. It's a, it boils down to how well is this film being marketed. Yeah, it does. And I think for me, there are only three films left that I really need to see. I think I've seen everything else that's a, that's going to be an awards consideration. So it's Mary, Queen of Scots, Vice, and Destroyer. Uh, those are the last three. I think I've seen everything else. I, and I don't think anything else in the month of December, The Mule, is not going to be an awards consideration. I saw Mary Poppins listed last night. Uh, no? 
somebody, yeah, 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 Charles Kirkland's in the room. He's shaking his head. No, I haven't seen it, but I'm, I was under the impression that since it was listed recently as, uh, you know, on a site of contenders, I was like, am I overlooking another film? I mean, have you heard anything about Mary Poppins being a potential awards contender? Well, we never know. Julie Andrews won the Oscar for it. You know, um, you, you just never know. I remember when Dream Girls came out, and everybody knew that that was a role that won a, a Tony for Jennifer Holiday, and no one never knew who Jennifer Hudson was, and look how far it went. Right. Um, so you just never know. You know, turn about. You know, when things can turn. Um, you know, especially in today's social media, it's like you could have a front runner, but if things happen, all of a sudden that front runner becomes down. We, we've seen it happen with Nate Parker. <laughs> you know, it's just like you never, there's never, there's no such thing as, you know, uh, who's in or who's out. Some people can get in by default. Man, you keep bringing that name up, man. You know it hurts me every time you say that name, man. <laughs> that was a that was a hard period we, for us all, man. <laughs> we we've seen it happen. You know, we we've have seen, seen it happen. Or, or going back to Russell Crowe when you know he had the Oscar in the bag, and then he had that you know snap yeah, the hotel, and, uh, yeah. and he got you know I won't say disqualified. He got disqualified unofficially, and Denzel ended up winning. Denzel stepped over him, man, and you know so hey, man, it happens, man. I mean, it's a very delicate balance, man. All, that's why I never guarantee somebody will win. I can guarantee certain people may be nominated, but you know, they're too much. It's very political and it, and everybody's always positioning or, and when I say everybody, I'm talking about like the publicists uh, for these different nominees are always trying to jockey in position to, uh, to put their, their nominee in the best light. And it's always interesting to watch every year when, you know, these stories start popping up, you know, Oh man. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know what I'm talking about, Wilson? Yeah, you know, like I said, you know, it's, you know, once you get nominated, then the real games begin because then it becomes a marketing game, and hopefully, every whether it's an actor or a film, you know, every film is going to have a naysayer. You know, there's no such thing as the perfect film. You know, the Green Book, I've seen it already now. Star is Born, people have their, you know, their their yeses and nos. Just, yeah. There's no such thing as oh, it's hands down going to win. Right, it's right. A game of marketing. Absolutely. All right, Wilson, we got 30 seconds left, man. Tell people where they can follow you and uh, read your great content. Well, you can follow me over at BlackFilm.com, which is the same words you use for Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. So hopefully there'll be more stories to come in the next few days before we go away for the holidays. All right. So, brother, you take care, man. I'll be in touch. I'll be in touch, man. Yeah, but happy holiday, man. All right? All right. Okay, man. Okay, and of course, that was uh, Wilson Morales from BlackFilm.com, who joins us at the top of every show to give us the rundown of what's coming up in entertainment. All right, we're getting ready to take a break right now. And on the other side, we're going to bring Charles Kirkland in, who is a frequent show uh, correspondent. I want to get Charles's take on the Thanksgiving movie and what would be some of his favorites. You guys keep it where you got it. You guys are listening to Keeping It Real with Film Gordon here at 96.3 HD4, and that's dcradio.gov. We'll be right back. Though you may not drive a great big Cadillac Gangs the white walls TV antennas in the back You may not have All right, and welcome.
welcome back to the big show and of course it's thanksgiving music all day long um coming up a little later on in the show we'll have reviews of creed 2 ralph breaks the internet and jen but before we get there Joining me right now, I'm bringing my brother back. Uh, he had a non-speaking role uh, in our previous show. <laughs> <laughs> Charles Kirkland, show correspondent. Welcome back, brother. Oh, I'm sorry. Charles Kirkland, show correspondent and member of WAFCA, which is really important to say this time of year because you're a voting member It really member is. Now. It really is. <laughs> I've been inundated by uh, material in the last month or so yeah. as a WAFCA sure. member. Join the, join the club, man. <laughs> I'm sitting here smiling. Look. Hey, what's up? <laughs> Thanks for having me. I'm here. Hey, man. So so I know you talked a whole lot about Stan Lee last week because I wasn't here. Right. You did that for me. Yeah. I, I don't know how you pivoted to that. Um, I was going to go someplace else. But, but yeah, okay. We, never yes, never we, mind. We're here. Yes, I'm we. here for something else. So let's Really? Go. Thanksgiving? Yeah. Stan Lee? Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, was bringing, I was bringing up the fact that you are a uh, voting member for, for the Washington, D.C. Area Film Critics Association because we had Wilson Morales on in the previous segment. Uh, with the Indie Spirit Awards being announced, with the Gotham Awards and the New York mm, yeah. City Film, I mean, New York Critics Circle Awards about to be announced, and WAFCA's awards, as well as the LA, Chicago, Boston, and all the other mm. majors. Uh, we really are here now yeah. at, at the at, at award season. So, having said that, um, one of the things I always smile about. And when I talk to you guys, and when I'm talking about you guys, I'm talking about younger members of our association. There's going to be certain movies, man, that I think you should just follow my lead. If you don't see me trying to see a movie, I would stay away from that movie. <laughs> well, see, I didn't know whether you were not going to see this movie. Oh, I was or not going was, to see that movie, It was just man. a conflict of times or No, I was, in, I was in New York <laughs> with uh, all my film critic brethren, and they all told me to a man, like, oh, that movie's garbage. You don't want that in your life. So, and, and by virtue that it's not a contender, nah. So, matter of fact, I was, but uh, you know, I wish you had come as a, as I say in my church, come a little more flat with it and just oh, say, no. "Oh, I buried the lead." You don't need to go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> brother, you lead. don't need to go to that one. All right, we, I can't really say what movie we're talking about, <laughs> but there's a there's a release coming out that uh, I had already been warned a week and a half ago to to you don't really want that. It's not good. And then, secondly, I will add this: is I went to a screening recently to see a movie, and the publicist listens to this show, mm-hmm. works at Allied here locally, Uh-oh. so she'll know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so I went to see her movie, and there was another movie that was a contender that was playing across the hall. So I just scooped up my stuff, man, no and way. threw a peace sign and went across <laughs> the hall because... We, I can't. I, I, I'm not being funny, and it's not being snobbish. I can't really waste my time right now. Not at this time of year. Not that, at this that time of year. Have no voting implications. Exactly. If, if if your movie is just a nice, comfortable movie, I can catch that movie at some point. Right. But I need to watch the stuff because what's going to happen is what's going to happen to you in about a week. You're going to be sitting at home, man, with your eyes turning red, <laughs> bozzined out. <laughs> I got to watch. I got to watch this movie. Oh two more movies Oh, tonight. man. No, Tim's not doing that. See, Tim, Tim smartly understood the game early. So when they were sending those setting up screeners months ago, I was like, yeah, I'm seeing everything now. Why are you going so early? You'll see. So, like, this, you for have example. Been, you have been warning me. That's what you I said. So, for me. an example, today in our city, they're showing multiple movies. 
all over the place. At the same time. Watch this. Ask me how many I'm going to see. None of them. Why? Because you've seen them all. Exactly. <laughs> That's my and, point. and following the Tim Gordon t- uh, 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 schedule, I've seen two of the, uh, the four movies that they're showing tonight. Uh, excuse me, Jessica. None of them I'm going to see. All right, so having gotten that out the way, uh, welcome back to the show. Thank you, sir. Uh, Charles Kirkland is back with us. We had to do some side conversation there. And um, let us talk about Thanksgiving, man. Um, I spent this morning literally getting prepared to talk about these Thanksgiving movies by watching several Mm. that are my... And I actually did not watch my favorite Thanksgiving movie, but I spent some time today watching Charlie Brown Thanksgiving, which is always wonderful. Okay, first of all... It's, it's called it's, Charlie it's, Brown of Thanksgiving. It's a Thanksgiving It's not a movie, special. Though. It's not a movie. It's a special. I okay. mean, what is it, a half an hour? It was half an hour. Okay, that is and not then a movie. I start, I watched, even, and then I watched Dutch with um, Ed O'Neill. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, about the about a guy who's dating a woman, and she has a very uh, spoiled son mm-hmm. who won't come home for Thanksgiving and so he he volunteers to go, go down yeah. and go get him and bring him back. And then the whole road I'm, this is, I'm talking about this is for the audience. <laughs> okay. And then they spent a road trip getting to know each other. Uh, and and he actually handled that in much the same way I would have handled it. That boy was a brat and deserved to have his butt beat down. Oh, so so I watched Dust this it's morning. Um, planes, trains, and automobiles. Very good movie. A perennial Thanksgiving favorite. Perennial. Steve Martin, John Candy. I mean, you can't. You're going to keep saying that, aren't you? Yeah. I mean, these are really good Thanksgiving movies. Home for the Holidays, Jodie Foster's directorial debut, Robert Downey Jr. I wish I wish people could see my face right now uh, because sir, I have this con- I have this belief that there is okay, no such thing. Me, talk as, to me about your Thanksgiving. There's no, no what, such thing as a Thanksgiving. Why do you, movie. Why do you think there's no such people, thing as Thanksgiving? It, movies? It's not like you know Christmas movies where you have Santa Claus and and all this stuff. There's I don't see anybody making movies about the Thanksgiving turkey or thing. But they may have a movie with Thanksgiving in it. And, and if we we're going to go that way, I would say Holiday Inn is my favorite Thanksgiving movie because they have a part of the movie where they do. Thanksgiving, but it's also considered a Christmas movie. But if you, it's like people say, Die Hard is a Christmas movie. It's not a Christmas movie because it's around Christmas time. That doesn't make it a Christmas movie. Okay, uh, we. I'm talking with Charles Kirkland here. I want to go and bring <laughs> Jessica into this conversation. Jessica, can you put your mic on so I can talk to you? Yes, I'm. All right, here. Jessica. Um, did you literally hear what Charles Kirkland just said? Charles Kirkland said, and I quote. They don't make movies about Thanksgiving just because Thanksgiving is in the movie. The way it works is if a holiday is in a movie, then that movie qualifies as the holiday, a movie of that holiday. We're not going to make a movie about a family sitting around at Thanksgiving because what would be the entertainment value in that? Exactly. My point. Same thing with Christmas. We don't make Christmas movies where people sit around. It's stuff that happens around Christmas, which makes it a Christmas movie. Now, Jessica, would you agree? I think Thanksgiving movies are low-key Christmas movies. They're just a warm-up to the actual holiday. Like, they always have some type of Christmas implication in there. So no, 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 no. Let me, let me, let, uh, uh, let me finish. Difference. I just finished watching, and I would not recommend you to watch these movies. But this is what I do because I'm a movie watcher. I was bored, and I was on, I was working, and between, you know what I'm talking about, between work. 
I, I have Netflix, so I've been watching Netflix Christmas movies, right? So I saw this movie called The Holiday Calendar. Mm-hmm. Definitely a Christmas movie. I almost, I tried to watch it three minutes and I was like, nah. <laughs> watch this. My point. Uh, I, saw, I saw one better than that, and I'm saying that sarcastically, better than that, <laughs> called Christmas with a View yesterday. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> now, <laughs> these, these are movies that are Christmas movies. Yes. Thanksgiving movies and all of the movies that I'm talking about have the holiday around it. So Dutch is coming home for which holiday? Thanksgiving. Thank Thanksgiving. you. Thanksgiving. Uh, yeah, in, okay. in plane, trains, and automobiles, they're trying to get home for what? Thanksgiving. Okay. Thanksgiving. Jessica? That's a classic movie, by the way. Plane, but, 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 but you understand my point. But, so Now, now Charles named Holiday Inn. Holiday Inn has Thanksgiving in it. Yes. It has Christmas in it. It has Easter in it. Fourth of July. <laughs> Everything is in there. <laughs> well, well, I love how you said Holiday that's Inn. My, that's my favorite <laughs> Thanksgiving. <laughs> okay. All right. So maybe I'll concede that there is such a thing as a Thanksgiving movie. All right, Jessica, you write that down. I won this one. Again. You have it. You have it on tape. Noted. I'll make a remix of that. <laughs> Just part right there. All right. So our next Thanksgiving movie I want to talk about is a movie called Four Christmases. Now this one is kind of confusing because it because <laughs> it says it has Christmas in the title, but it's about Thanksgiving. Where these guys are trying to evade or stay away from their families, but right, it's a Thanksgiving. Right. It's a Thanksgiving story. So I'm just naming you off some of my favorites. Home for the Holidays is definitely it's a, a Thanksgiving movie. It's a, movie. It's a good movie too. Yeah. So I'm just so so all the movies I'm recommending are movies that you can watch around Thanksgiving, which of course nobody won't will because football plays all day on Thanksgiving Amen. and nobody's watching any movies. But I'm just giving you movies because that's kind of what I do. If you get bored and you need a movie, you can go, you know, I was listening to Keeping It Real with Film Gordon and Tim recommended these movies. Well, see, for in, our, in the Kirkland household, Thanksgiving has been about, you know, we'll wa- eat food and then we may watch a game. And then we all as a family go to the theater. So we actually go to see a movie that comes like Creed 2 is coming out and everybody's excited because we all want to go see. They all want to go see Creed 2 for Thanksgiving. So it's like a tradition on Thanksgiving Day. We skip some of the football and we go to the movies. Um, I can't even really re- reveal what my Thanksgiving plan is because the studios may be listening. Let's just let's just say I'm gonna watch some movies on Thanksgiving too, but we are not going to the theater. Okay, moving on. No, I'm just saying it's not bad. I mean, you in the same situation. I, I know, I know what you're Jessica, look, I know what you're saying. They send movies to the house. I'm watching gotta, the movies we, that come into the house for Thanksgiving. That's all I'm saying. I'm not. I'm not pirating or stealing no, no, movies. No, it's it's our job. I, I this want is our job. This. I want like because Jessica looked away in shame. Like oh my god. <laughs> no. My only question is. Can you pass those along? You cannot. Cannot. Absolutely not. If you're listening, no, you cannot pass these movies along. They are not for they are not to be lent out. They are just for me to watch. Okay, thanks. I saw that wink. I saw that wink. I'm just kidding. No wink. This is very serious. This is very serious. Hey, man. I got got family members mad at me because I don't. I'm like, no. Can you you lend me your movie? No. No. There's no lending of movies. Uh, There was a story years ago, uh, and this is for Jessica, about a guy 
who used to take, this is back in the day when they sent out VHS tapes, right? And he uploaded his VHS tape someplace. I, I, okay, and he mm, got caught. But yeah. recently, seriously, a story, which happened within the last three years, is Ellen DeGeneres had, had a screener sent to her. And uh-huh. they would put your name on the screener. And somebody in her office stole the screener Uploaded it with Ellen DeGeneres' what? name. What? <laughs> so, of course, you know, that person got fired. And Ellen had to go, hey, I ain't had nothing to do with this. But I'm saying it's a big deal because they put your name on those screeners. And, you know, you know, you wanna, if you want it. Charles Kirkland's screener, it'll, you, can, you can ask. And the answer will be no. All right. So... <laughs> So let us finish with these titles. Okay, okay, um, I got Pieces of April, uh, Katie Holmes' oh, K- Katie best Holmes. film, uh, which was a Thanksgiving film from 2003. You cannot forget What's Cooking. That's one of the few that has some brown people mm. in it. Nah, oh, yeah. Lathan. Yeah, 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 2000. See, you see, you thought I was just making this stuff up. How about this one? How about uh, Tiffany Haddish, Ike Baron Holtz, The Oath? Just came out a couple years back. The oath, oath would be a Thanksgiving film. That's, that w- uh, now look at you contributing. Ha, ha, look that's at what you. you get me here for Jessica. Jessica didn't contribute anything <laughs> other than yes, Tim, you're right. I, I only remember that because <laughs> Tiffany had an interview on uh, a couple of weeks back where she was talking about her first kiss on screen was with I- Ike Barinholtz, and she said he had to make sure his breath was minty fresh for that. <laughs> or she was going to bust him out. Oh so. man! Anyway, we are, we are we are going down. We're going down. All right, so let's see. I'm trying to go through some more of these films. So we have the oath. It's on the list. Uh, the myth of fingerprints. Nobody's going to watch that. I mean, I watched it once and would not recommend that. Neither would I recommend the House of Yes or Alice's Restaurant. Mm. Home for the Holidays. Yes, I would recommend. Definite movie. That's a good um, movie. Adam's Family Values feels more like a Jessica movie, like something she would watch on Thanksgiving, which is actually higher. Wow. I mean, it's not a bad movie. Are you her a goth chick or Honestly, something? I love Adam's Family. So yeah, that's I'm not wow. Nail on the head. Now, here's another one. Here's another one that I would love Jessica to watch, but I think she'd watch five minutes of it. It would bore her. It's Tadpole. Tadpole is really good. Sigourney Weaver, a uh, story about a kid. Who comes home to celebrate uh, Thanksgiving? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's has a, Thanksgiving had, falls in love with his mother's best friend, and they have this kind of uh, very interesting That's too dynamic. Weird. That is too weird. But it's a wonderful movie, man. It's a New York kind of you know New York story. Mm, yeah, I ain't gonna say nothing a, else. It's a, it's a I'll movie. look it up. It's a movie. I'll, I'll watch it it's, on the on the movie. ride up yeah. north. <laughs> uh, the Ice Storm with Ang Lee. Another movie oh, with Sigourney, uh, Sigourney Weaver, Weaver again. again. Sigourney, yeah, okay. Sigourney Weaver does Thanksgiving. Uh, Katie Holmes is also in Ice Storm, isn't she? Uh, she is not. You, she's in Pieces of April, which is another Thanksgiving um, movie. Um, oh, and here's, here's one of the Thanksgiving movies I, I'll tell you about that is uh, problematic for me because it, this movie prevented Denzel Washington from winning an Oscar with Sin of a Woman with Al Pacino. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I think it's a fine Thanksgiving movie. I don't think it's a, a movie that you Denzel Washington should have lost an Oscar for. Thanksgiving. It does have Thanksgiving it has in Thanksgiving there. It has Thanksgiving in there, man. Yeah. So, and we got a couple. We got about another minute left. Hannah and her sisters, plane, trains, and automobiles. Uh, Charles laughed at me with a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving. I love Charlie Brown. Everybody knows I love Charlie Brown, but that got, is not got, a movie. Watch this. The only problem I have with this movie is that now in watching it, 
What was the black character's name? Uh, Sherman. No, his name wasn't Sherman. Uh, it was it was not Sherman because I just watched it this morning. They didn't call him Sherman, but whatever his name was, I was trying to figure out why they had like the whole ping pong table of Thanksgiving, and he sat like on one side, and everybody else was over here. Peppermint Patty couldn't have sat with the brothers. I was heated, man. I, I just didn't like the the, the optics of this you, this special. Just don't work. Are you serious? Just going Franklin. His name is Franklin. Was it Franklin? It's Franklin. Franklin could get any love. Franklin, right. look, look, Jessica, big table. Franklin sitting here. Everybody else over there. Like, what's going on? Is Franklin getting judged? What? Is Franklin got a, a different plate? Like, what's happening? Mm, yeah. <laughs> All right. So those are my Thanksgiving recommendations. Uh, you know, and as I said, if you are going to watch movies, uh, you know, we'll we'll review some that will be in theaters. But these films are classics that will play. Damn, still feel bad for Franklin though, man. Damn. All right, we're going to take a break right now. We're going to come back on the other side, and it'll be time for us to let you listen to our conversation with Miss Simone Missick and her new movie, Jen. You guys keep it where you got it. You're listening to The Big Show, keeping it real with Film Gordon, and we'll be right back. Hey, this is Kiki Lane, and you're listening to The Big Show, keeping it real with Film Gordon. To the show, uh, segment three, and I'm still joined by the most selfish man in radio, Charles Kirkland. <laughs> Brother Kirkland, what's going on? Hey, what's happening? What's happening? Hey, man, I, I owe you an apology, man. Uh, you were quick to bring up as soon as we went to break, man, that uh, Katie Holmes' first movie was Ice Storm, so the I Ice stand Storm. corrected, sir. She was my apologies. Um, but I still stand by my list of Thanksgiving films, including uh, a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving as a movie because even as a special it's still a movie okay I'll, I'll, now, I now a month from now because you were right also in that Franklin was the black character and not Sherman as I thought it was so. that brother was so discriminated against he was man, he was that was man. sad see, see, see Jessica doesn't know because she doesn't watch Charlie Brown Thanksgiving Mm-mm, that's not up her alley it's, it's just so sad man where one character is isolated <laughs> away from the other characters I'm sorry I'm, I'm, I'm not going on that bend again okay, okay. <laughs> alright so Welcome back to the show. Coming up a little later on in this segment, uh, Wilson Morales will talk with Simone Missick about Jen, a movie that I'll review in the next segment. But uh, Charles, man, I just wanted to tell you, man, that um, as we get ready for the holiday season, man, you know, I normally have experimented with different shows around this time of year. I remember one year I had a buddy of mine who was a pastor come on and literally talk about what what he would give thanks for. And, you know, I'm thankful, man. No, I mean, seriously, I'm not being funny. No, no, no. no. I'm, I'm thankful for a lot. And I'm thankful, first of all, for the platform that we're on. Because before I had this platform, you and I talked about this when I was just podcasting this show. Yeah. 
and how we were looking for a, a, a home that gave us a better sound, more consistency. So I am thankful that we have found that home here at DCRadio.gov, 96.3 HD4. I'm also thankful for you, brother. You know, I mean, this is this has been a wonderful you stole, partnership. You stole my thunder because I was going to say, I, was, I hate to be pandering to the host, but I was going to say hey, thank man. you, man, for hey. your leadership, your mentorship as I'm going through this, this journey, man. It's man. been a wonderful time. Well, you know, man, and I'm also thankful that uh, the powers that be have kept Travis Hobson off you, who really wanted to spot. (laughs) (laughs) You still still got got Charles Kirkland on your show. (laughs) Yeah, like what's? (laughs) I'm not gonna say anything because I I want Travis to like me. (laughs) Man, I I have an old running joke. There was a colleague of mine. I don't know if you ever met Joe Barber back in the day. Back in the day, yeah. Okay, Joe Joe Barber Barber used to do film society stuff before you came along. And I was working with him. Joe Barber, and we used to have a running joke, man. Me and him and Arch Campbell. And I told Arch, you better watch yourself, man, because Joe Barber will shank you in the back and get your gig, <laughs> man. He will step over your cold body. <laughs> and that's what I feel about Travis. Travis like, ah! Oh, I, I'm glad you said that about, I thought you were going to say that about me. I'm <laughs> no, like, man, no, no man. No, these, are, these are all jokes, man. These are all people <laughs> that I know, man. But it's always funny to watch, man. So, But that's what I'm thankful for, man. And, um, you know, as I said at the top of the show today, this is actually an anniversary day. So it was, you know, this this day in 2009 when we kicked the show off, man. And it's been fun, man. It's been over 400 episodes. Happy anniversary. Hey, man. It's been a lot of fun. A lot of interviews. A lot of experiences. You're getting up there, man. No, no, no. I'm still a young man. You're still a young man. Oh, my gosh. Baby. Commercial break. Hey, <laughs> 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 well, enough of that, man. Uh, our next guest, though, uh, is somebody whose career I've watched, and uh, and I've watched what she's done on Netflix specifically, and she is tore it up as Misty Knight uh, for the last couple of years, uh, not just in Luke Cage, but she's been as a part of the Defenders as well. Her latest film is in theaters now, I think. It's called Jen, and in it she plays a uh, meteorologist named Jade Jennings who is having a crisis of faith. Uh, Wilson Morales sat down with Simone Missick recently, and here is their conversation. Okay, okay. So you've got this movie, Jen. Obviously, it's been playing the festival circuit, been winning a bunch of awards. Uh, Before we talk into that, um, what made you say yes to this? Um, the script was really, really strong and powerful. Uh, Nigella had reached out to my husband, uh, Dorian. He was already on board to play David, the father, and he suggested that I read it. And, um, he was kind of the connecting factor between Nigel and I talking and she was just really passionate about the project, but it was the script. It was something that I had never seen before, uh, or, you know, read before. And I think she's got a really powerful voice. So. Mm-hmm. So going back, how would you best describe Jade? You know, as people are watching this movie and they're getting a glimpse of, you know, from the trailer, but how would you best describe Jade? Oh, Jade is a woman who is trying to figure herself out. Um, she's always constantly evolving and changing, and uh, she has now fallen in love 
with a religion, which is a way of her kind of falling in love with herself in a way. But she's always searching. Um, and when we meet her, she is newly inducted into this uh, culture and this religion that she's completely enraptured by. And it's causing a fracture in her life and in her relationship with her daughter, which is something that kind of happens often. Um, and so you just see a woman who's trying to figure herself out. Mm. And unlike other roles, this is a role that still speaks to people right now, currently. How much research did you do into the Muslim culture, or did you know about it already? Um, I have done some research prior to doing the film on uh, Islam and the Muslim culture because I workshopped a play, uh, but it was a very different scope. It was about a woman who was raised in Iraq who was uh, of African descent and was a Muslim, whereas this, the black uh, American Muslim is such a different culture, uh, such a different thing. And so what was great was because Nigella is Muslim and she is African American, she is from California, I got to talk to her a lot about her own personal experience and what it was like for her. But the thing with Jade, she is discovering as uh, the character as much as Simone, the actor, is discovering. So I didn't have to do... Um, the same kind of research that I would normally have to do for a, a project because, you know, just as I'm learning, she's learning, which is a, a helpful thing in this uh, scenario. Mm-hmm. And then you're working. I had nice with it. <laughs> and you're working opposite Zoe, and you're playing mother and daughter, uh, which is, I think, I haven't seen all of your work. Is this something new for you? Uh, no. I mean, I've played moms in various. Different situations, but this is definitely the first feature film where I was playing somebody's mother. Um, and Zoe is such a giving and just polished actress. Uh, it was so great to be her partner. Um, she definitely, she and I definitely had a chemistry that was immediate. And, you know, the shoot was a, a very short shoot, so we had to figure it out very quickly. And I think that we did. You know, we both came to work prepared and ready to play, and I think it comes across. Now, you've done theater, and a lot of people obviously know you from the Netflix shows, uh, but this is a big feature role for you, which obviously there's a lot of scenes that you're in. How is that for you as an actress? Is it it challenging knowing you have a lot more pages to go over than being part of an ensemble? No, I mean, I think I approach... uh all of ours the same. Uh, the only thing that changes is the volume day to day. But because I was filming a Marvel project while this film was going on, it was uh, overload of work in the same way. It was like I had to, uh, they shot me out, I forget in how many days, but we had to truncate all of my work into a shorter amount of time because I had to go back to New York and continue filming for Netflix and for Marvel. And so it was just like having a busy week at work, you know? It it really, I think the biggest adjustment was going from playing one character for my job in New York to playing another character for this job in L.A., but 
it wasn't, uh, I don't approach the work, you know, any differently than like you said, with theater. Mm -hmm. And then you mentioned Dorian earlier, and obviously, you know, for a lot of people, this is something that they've seen you on together. Um, how was working along with him on the screen? Oh, it's always, um, <laughs> always a gift. You know, we have a shorthand. Um, we often work together as, uh, you know, partners when we're preparing for auditions or uh, trying to help each other prep for work. And so this isn't the first time we work together on screen playing spouses. You know, we played boyfriend and girlfriend before. We've done a play where we played friends. We uh, This is the first feature film where we played ex-husband and wife. We're getting ready to be seen playing husband and wife on his show, Tell Me a Story. And we had just finished working together on Luke Cage. So, you know, working with Dorian is... is kind of cheating, really, because the arguments feel real, and the, you know, the emotions are definitely there, and the love is always there, so that, you know, it kind of makes it easy in, in those situations. Mm -hmm. Now, you mentioned Luke Cage, and we already know the news, but is it is it over for you? Is it over for Misty Knight? I couldn't tell you. I have no clue. I know that as it stands right now, I know just as much as the fans do. That's all I can say. Was it a shock when you heard, or, or was it, you know, you just didn't know, or? Uh, no one knew. Um, I think everyone in the cast and crew found out at the same time. Uh, so no, it wasn't anything that, you know, we had prepared for. But that is, you know, the nature of the business. Shows get canceled. People who um, work as creatives, you know, they know that all good things eventually come to an end. And so, sadly, you know, for the fans, it didn't come to an end in the way that they wanted it to. And most certainly not in the way that we as the cast wanted to say goodbye. But, you know, I think all actors prepare themselves for that reality that things don't go on forever. True. And I know you've answered it before while the show was still going on, but now that both shows that you were on is over, actually, in The Defenders, would you like to see Misty Knight go on in a separate standalone series? Well, like you said, I've answered it before. The answer hasn't changed. Of course. She's a, she's a great character to play. She's a lot of... Uh, She's a lot of fun, but I think she resonates with fans a lot. And so any opportunity to let them see her continue would be a blessing. Mm -hmm. You know, as Jim is hitting about the hit theaters, and obviously it's played a lot of places, it's gotten, you know, I've seen it from South by Southwest, and it just recently was at London, you know. Um, do you have an idea as to what you see the fans or the audience is getting out of this movie? Or how would you best sell it to an audience when, you ha when you're competing with a lot of big films coming out in theaters and a lot of stuff appearing in Netflix, Hulu, and other services? I think that um, what resonates with people in this film is the story. And it's not a story that we've ever seen before. You know, you never get to see the story of just a young black girl coming of age without it uh, shrouded in violence or tragedy, uh, some 
horrible, inciting incident that helps her find her voice. Whereas this is just the story of a young girl living in L.A., trying to figure out who she is, trying to discover herself sexually and emotionally, as well as uh, within a new religion. It's something that you just don't see. Um, and I think that it deserves to be... It deserves to be shared. It deserves to be experienced by audiences. And every person that I've talked to who's walked out of that theater has felt changed uh, mm -hmm. because it's something that they can see themselves in, whether they are a man with daughters or a single woman who realizes that she never really kind of dealt with her own issues that she encountered during adolescence. It doesn't matter. Everybody can see a part of themselves in the shop. Where do we see you next? Obviously, you mentioned Tell Me a Story. Uh, any chance we'll see you on the, you know, do you have any other big screen projects coming up? I am out there pounding the pavement like everybody. So as soon as I know, you will know. <laughs> well, Simone, it's always good talking to you. Obviously, I'll see you somewhere in the city or somewhere in L.A., wherever it may be. Keep doing your thing. We're here to promote. And uh, I'll talk to you later down the road. Thanks, Wilson. Always good talking to you. All right. Take care. All right, I want to thank both Simone Missick and Wilson Morales for their time. We're going to take a break right now and come back on the other side with this week's movie reviews. You guys keep it where you got it. You're listening to Keeping It Real with Film Gordon. We'll be right back. You may not have a car at all, but remember, brothers and sisters, you can still stand tall. Just be thankful for what. Welcome back to the show. And of course, this week's reviews are brought to you by thefilmgordon.com. Experience film through the eyes of a true film addict. Check out all of our film content at thefilmgordon.com. All right, there are several new films opening this weekend. And uh, as always, before we hit them, cue the music. <laughs> Our first movie is an indie favorite that literally uh, just opened in theaters within the last week and a half. And of course, this film is called Jen. And of course, the film follows a 17-year-old carefully black girl named Summer, whose world is turned upside down when her mother, a popular meteorologist named Jay Jennings, abruptly converts to Islam and becomes a Muslim. She has to also make some curious life choices, and it helps helps her examine her own identity. Now, this film, which I had an opportunity to see very recently, um, showcases a young woman who I've never seen as an actress before, and I think she may, may be making her big screen debut, and her name is Zoe Renee, who stars this summer in this story of a high school senior whose mother 
you know, oh, let me let me back up. She is a high school senior who is living in a home where her parents have are separated. Her father has begun a new relationship across town. She's living with her mother, uh, who's a, a meteorologist, and her mother abruptly decides that she wants to convert to Islam. Uh, the daughter initially struggles with her mother's decision. Talks to her father, played in this film by Dorian Missick, the real life husband of Simone Missick, who tells her, you don't necessarily need to convert, but why don't you support your mother and her decision? Uh, she goes to the masjid or, the, or, the, or the, the mosque and before you know it, makes the decision that she, too, wants to convert and then has to deal with the challenges, not just within her own family, but with her peers and friends, as well as a young boy named Tahir. Uh, at the mosque who goes to her school who is vastly misunderstood. I found this film to be very, very interesting and insightful. Um, it put me in mind of a film from, I think, 2012, Kasim Basir's uh, debut, uh, Muslim, which kind of explored not necessarily the same dynamic, but a dynamic of a, in that film of a young man who is who was raised Muslim but as he's going away to college, wants to explore more of a worldview, and he's trying to get out from the thumb of his very stern father, played by Roger Ginver Smith, and his mother, Nia Long, in that film. What both these films, I think, have in common is that they explore Islam for people of color and specifically African-Americans in a way that we don't see a lot of these kinds of movies. Like when we normally see Islam in, you know, in our culture, whether it be in films or whether it be on television, these characters are always for the most part portrayed as, as you know, us against them. Uh, they're looked at as outsiders, which they are in these two films as well. But these faces look more like faces that we and we as an African-American audience can really relate to their struggle. Summer's story, I think, is even more impactful because she's dealing with a lot of Islam phobia from her own classmates and her best friends, as uh, which they highlight two other friends of hers who are getting ready for a talent contest and how her conversion decision plays into the narrative of her girlfriends and what's going on. I found this movie to be really well directed. I thought Simone Missick, who, who we had on in the previous segment, said that she was attracted to the story, which brought her into it. And it's a really good screenplay by a director and writer, Nija Mumin. Very good story. I thought the supporting uh, performances as well uh, were, were very good. I thought Simone Missick showed us another side. Uh, that sister is a really good actress. So I enjoyed Jen. I gave Jen a B. Um, strong story. I would highly recommend it. I just understood from Charles that the movie hit theaters on November the 15th and is also on streaming services. If you get an opportunity and you want better understanding of the challenges that people who are, are Muslims deal with in a Christian culture, this would be your movie. All right. Up next is our second film of the week. And of course, that film is Ralph Breaks the Internet. And this film is the sequel to the 2012 film Wrecked Ralph, uh, which kind of gives you uh, six years after the events of the first film. The steering wheel controller on the Sugar Rush arcade game console breaks 
which forces the owner to unplug the machine. But before the machine gets unplugged, Ralph and Vanellope Von Sweet must get all the characters of that game out of that game because if not, all of them will kind of dissolve away to nothing. Then Ralph and Vanellope go on an adventure to buy a new steering wheel for the game, which includes money, which leads them on a wild romp through the internet, (laughs) which is a very enjoyable film. Now, this story kind of plays out as spans the first story. Ralph, who in the initial film was this huge character who intimidated everybody and he had no friends. The, the whole movie was about him finding a friend, which he got in Vanellope. And now in the second film, their relationship has continued. Ralph is kind of not just her friend, but sort of a mentor. And all that is threatened when they are on this adventure to buy this steering wheel, which will bring the Sugar Rush game back. But to get the, the Sugar Rush game or to get the money to buy the steering wheel to bring the game back, they understand that that they've got to go into the internet. Ralph becomes kind of like an internet sensation with his videos beginning to, 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 to trend. There are a lot of inside web jokes in this thing. If you remember a couple of weeks ago, we had the directors of this film on and they talked about some of the jokes that they had written that didn't make the film, like they wanted to do Craigslist and things of that nature. But this film, in addition to being a lot of fun and very deep because it looks at Ralph's insecurity on how he copes when Vanellope now has a, a, a wider circle of new friends or new people that she encounters and what it means for their relationship. The other key thing about this film is that I don't know who came up with the idea, but for Disney to kind of open up their, their licensing vault and, and allow characters from Star Wars and the Marvel series and all the princesses from the Disney canon are all in this film voiced by many of the actors who have voiced them in other films. You know, you think Tiana from uh, the Frog and the, the Princess and the Frog. Uh, you think uh, Mulan. You think about the young girl from Brave. I mean, they're all in this movie, man and then some Cinderella. So it was a lot of fun watching uh, all these characters come together. And they're not just cameos in the film. They are parts of the story in a very major way. So Ralph Breaks the Internet is on the short list, and I guarantee that it will be a nominee for Best Animated Film come award season. I'm not sure whether it's going to win, but it is definitely going to get nominated. Uh, it and Incredibles 2 are probably the two best animated films of 2018. Very good film. I gave this film an A. Uh, This film, I think, works on multiple levels, not just for young kids who will enjoy it, but for the parents that must take them. You got to see Ralph Breaks the Internet. It is absolutely fantastic. Which brings us to our final film of our segment. And this film is Creed 2. And Creed 2 expands the story, uh, much like we just talked about with uh, Ralph Breaks the Internet. It takes the characters and stories from the initial Creed and expands on it more while also hearkening back to Rocky Four and bringing back Ivan Drago and now his son, who will challenge Apollo Creed's son, Adonis Creed, and what that basically means both for 
Ivan Drago, what it means for Rocky Balboa, what it means for their memories of Apollo Creed. There's a lot of stuff going on in Creed, too. All right. Now, in this film, we talk about the story continues. In this film now, as the film opens, Adonis Creed now is a champion, has won the championship. And... Over in Russia, there is a fighter being trained by Ivan Drago, which turns out to be his son, Victor, and raised in a society where everything was taken from him after his loss to Rocky back in 1985. And he has raised his son up in such a degree of hate that he wants his son to avenge what has happened to him and to regain his place in Russian royalty. Meanwhile, on this side of the globe, Adonis Creed, as I said, is now a champion. He's got a baby on the way. His relationship with Bianca has really solidified. Him and Rocky have grown closer. But when Rocky finds out that there's a challenge coming from Russia, he's paralyzed on multiple levels because he remembers Apollo dying in his arms in Rocky IV. And also understanding that Adonis really may not be prepared for the battle that he is to undertake. It, it creates a split into them and one that must come back together. And I will just tell you this much, that I went back and rewatched Creed, the initial one that Ryan Coogler directed. And I feel the same way I feel about Godfather and Godfather 2. I think that Godfather is an amazingly well-done, well-thought-out film. But the fact in in Godfather 2 that we have two stories, a sequel and a prequel, kind of elevates that story to me just to put it a nose better than Godfather 1. Not to say that it's significantly better, but I just think it's a a nose better. With Creed 2, I feel somewhat similar because... Ryan Coogler lays out this amazing palette in this, in this world that these characters inhabit. But in this film, director Stephen Cable takes it another notch above Creed. And I think part of what makes it work so well is that we have three-dimensional characters that people care about on both sides, that we not just get Adonis' Creed story and his backstory and what he's dealing with and the implications for his mother, his girlfriend, and, the, and Rocky. We also get on the other side what's going on with Victor Drago and what he's living through, his father, you know, the mother that left his father. I, I thought it really works really, really well, and it builds up the tension. So when you're actually having this climatic bout, you know, you care about everybody. And I think it, to me, plays along with what Ryan Coogler, who executive produced this film, did with Black Panther, where you care both about Killmonger on one side, Michael B. Jordan, and you also care about T'Challa on this side with Chad Bozeman. And I think that that's a wonderful way to draw audiences into a story when you can get them to care about everybody on the screen. So everybody in this movie there's an emotional investment for all these characters, and I think it works really, really well. Uh, Creed Two is a as a bona fide crowd pleaser. I'm not sure what its award chances will be. 
I don't really think the studio MGM really cares, but what they really do care about is that this thing is going to kick butt at the box office <laughs> this week and beyond, and it deserves it. Creed 2 is fantastic. Really, really, again, like this movie a whole lot. A B-plus for Creed 2. Creed 2 is fantastic. Great movie. Wonderful successor in the eighth film in the Rocky franchise. Really good film. Strong story. All righty. So that does it for us this week. And on behalf of our producer, Jessica Sturgis, and associate producer, the Charles Kirkland, as we say to you guys in closing, please see something good at the movies. Also, I will also add, don't overeat on Thanksgiving. It's not sexy. And <laughs> I'm Tim Gordon. And until next week, I'm out.